Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, and you are someone who wants to operate from your highest self to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyer, Anita Adams here, your host. And today I'm excited to introduce you to someone I discovered must be my soul sister, someone who shares my mission to get more people connecting with nature, Alex Strauss. Alex is also a speaker, a certified natural mindfulness guide, and the author of the best-selling author, the the best-selling book, The Mindful Walker. Alex started walking in her suburban North Carolina neighborhood in 2007 after a move across the country left her floundering mentally and physically. The simple daily practice of communing quietly with nature became a sanctuary from the stresses of life, a fitness routine that actually fit into her busy life, and a path back to wellness. Nine years later, Alex published her first edition of the best-selling book, The The Mindful Walker, which she revised, updated, and released in 2020, along with The Simple Path, a card deck of 52 mindful walks. Today, she runs a membership program providing weekly mindful walks and journal prompts to help busy people harness the power of natural mindfulness. Welcome, Alex. I'm so thrilled to have you with me here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. For, I, I, when I listen to my introduction, I'm just, I'm just like, oh, that sounds really cool. Like if it wasn't me, I would be interested in that person. I would say, wow, that's something I want to learn more about because that's what I'm into. And gosh, <laughs> she's my kind of gal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly how I felt when I met you. I'm like, wow, oh, you're my people. You. Oh my gosh. Likewise, likewise. And it was so fun to have you be a part of the symposium last year. It just was a perfect fit. Yeah, that was so great. Uh, you know, why don't we start with that? Why don't you just tell yeah. people about the symposium? Because that's something people can access ongoing, correct? It's it's open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. So um, the Rise Up Rooted Symposium is became my way after having sort of done this mindful walker stuff in isolation for a while. As Anita mentioned, you know, I I wrote my book and I did these cards and um, and I and I started a membership site and I did these things just sort of on my own. And then I began to to realize that there are a whole lot of people all over the world, including yourself, doing work in in and around the sort of nature connection space, right? You know, the idea of helping to connect people more deeply with the natural world. There are actually a lot of people doing this, and I had no idea. And as I began to sort of get out there a little more and do, you know, YouTube videos and do do more stuff out in the world, I got connected with people. Mm. And and thought, gosh, wouldn't it be so neat if there was a single 
um, online event that brought a lot of these people mm-hmm. together talking about um, being in nature and the value of nature in their lives from a lot of different standpoints, you know, from a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, I was I was really attracted to that. I thought you had so many different perspectives. Like how many speakers did you have? You had so many people that were involved. Yeah, I have, well, I have 20 each time. Okay. So we do the symposium twice a year. So we run it live twice a year in the spring at um, around Beltane in May and in the autumn around mm-hmm. Sawain in October, uh, early November. So, um, So I've had 20 speakers each time. So I've interviewed 60 people now, all different people from all over the world. This past symposium, the one that you were a part of, well, let's see, were you in the spring or you were last fall? I was in the most recent one. So Okay, so you were in the most recent one. We had people from eight countries represented in that. We had speakers from eight different countries. That's super cool. Yeah. Which was just so awesome. And it was, it's just kind of my way, you know, it's a free thing. It's a free event. Um, People can go to rise-up-rooted.com. I'm sure you'll include the link and stuff. And you can see Anita and all the other speakers um, (laughs) who spoke and you can, you can um, access that and you can, uh, there'll be information coming soon about the spring one and a whole nother group of people. But it's just kind of a way for me to, it's a little gift. It's a little yeah. gift to myself and also to the world um, because, you know, like I say, it's free. Uh, it's just a wonderful way um, if you are interested in nature connection and, and, mm-hmm. and what it does for your soul and mm-hmm. your body and your brain as well. This is a great way to learn more from a lot of people all at one time in yeah. one Space. And of course, from a selfish standpoint, it's my opportunity to learn from and connect with all these people too. So I don't feel like, you know, so I don't feel like I'm just operating in isolation. I'm sure you know how that feels. Absolutely. When you do a podcast or you do work online, it can feel kind of isolating when you're just, you know, kind of out yeah, there at absolutely. your computer, you know, doing your thing. <laughs> This yeah. allows me to connect with a lot of different people. So it's super fun, including you, which is how we got connected. That's <laughs> awesome. I really enjoyed it. And again, thank you for the opportunity for for um, being invited to that, to connect with some amazing people. And I have. I've connected with a lot of oh, good. great goals from that. So, yeah, good, wonderful. Good. wonderful. All right. I want you to explain, if you wouldn't mind, the difference between simply walking outdoors and walking mindfully. And why is that so important? Yeah. Okay. Well... There's a lot of research behind the idea that, you know, you hear this term mindfulness thrown around and people talk about mindful eating or mindful exercise or mindful this, that and the other. And there's increasing evidence that when we do things, anything, including eating um, mindfully, which is to say present moment focused, that thing is more impactful, more effective. You know, mindful eating is about paying attention to what you're putting in your mouth, you know, and 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 chewing slowly and listening to your body and recognizing when you're full and how different, you know, foods and tastes affect you and whatnot. And mindful walking is simply bringing that idea of being very present. Your mindfulness, a lot of times it's associated with meditation, right? And meditation is definitely one way to employ and enjoy mindfulness. But um, 
but it's not the only way. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not the only path to mindfulness. Mindfulness is not um, this like weird sort of secret (laughs) woo woo thing. It Mm -hmm. simply means you practice sort of shutting out the other, all the busy stuff in your brain that we are so used to. We're so used to it. We don't even notice it anymore. Mm -hmm. Anita, as a culture, we constantly have, we're just habitual thinkers, you know, and, and the world's moving pretty fast. And so our brains have to move pretty fast to keep up with it. And the idea of mindfulness is just kind of shutting that down for a little while, getting, getting quiet, getting present, not thinking about what's coming up, not thinking about what happened before, or, you know, just kind of letting that go, letting the, like, I like to think of your head as a snow globe kind of, and you just kind of (laughs) Let all the things settle, you know, stop shaking it around, let all the things settle. And, and then doing that while you're taking a walk. (laughs) And when you are mindful as you're walking in the outdoors, what happens is you just, you notice things and your, your mind just kind of opens up to stuff that we normally kind of walk by or don't even really pay that much attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, and the, and the beautiful thing, and the thing that I love this sort of synergistic effect is that nature herself induces mindfulness. So when we get ourselves into a natural setting, and I'm sure that you've experienced this because you're very connected to nature. When we get out into nature, um, we get more mindful, you know, naturally. So it helps with the process and vice versa. When we're mindful in nature, we get more out of being in nature and out of that um, connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you recommend going for walks in nature by yourself or can you achieve this mindfulness in the company of somebody else? Oh, that's a great question. So you, you absolutely can be mindful in the presence of someone else, but you can't do it while you're having a conversation or <laughs> while you are, you know, listening to, for instance, this podcast. So it's wonderful to listen to this podcast and it's wonderful to do it while you're walking. But I definitely recommend that if you are going to practice something like mindful walking or really any mindfulness practice, you need to do it without um Uh, conversing with anyone without listening to anything, without being distracted by anything else. So, you know, just like there are meditation classes where you have a whole bunch of people in one space, you know, and you're all sitting there meditating and that's possible, right? But they're not chatting with each other while they're doing it. So it's kind of like that. So in my case, I I love to walk with my neighbor and I frequently do. And we walk and we chat and we walk with our dogs and we have a good time. But when I'm going to take my mindful walk for me, for my, you know, soul's edification and all of the good things that it does for me, I do it by myself. So, yeah. And is that, does that include without the dogs? Um, Actually, I usually take my dogs along. Dogs are fabulous for teaching us mindfulness. Dogs, live in a mindful state perpetually. Your dog (laughs) is never, almost never thinking beyond a few seconds ahead or a couple of seconds behind. Your dog is never ruminating about what happened yesterday or worrying about what's coming down the road or concerned about it. Your dog is just, you watch your dog, they're sniffing, they're they're right there, right then. (laughs) They're looking at that squirrel, that tree, they're sniffing that pile of 
stuff. They're just right there, you know? And so I do take my dogs along with me and, um, and I watch them and I, I pay attention to what they're doing and what they like too. And it actually helps me to be more mindful. That's so great. I love it. I just, I, I, how much we can learn from our pets, eh? Oh, <laughs> so true. I'm learning, I'm learning, you know, I don't know if this will be ever, anyone will ever see this on video, but right now behind me, my dog is taking a deep snooze on a mat next to the heater. And I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning that this is, you know, right. afternoon you know, naps. Restfulness. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm over the nap. <laughs> Very cool. It's interesting. You know, my husband recently retired and uh, so now he's been joining me for a lot of walks and and I'm, I'm like, hmm, I, as much as I love having going for my walks with my husband, the quality of my walk is not that it, it's not, it's not worse. Let me make sure. Yeah, <laughs> I no, no, I totally get it though. It's a different experience. It is. And I it think is. I need to make sure I get my solo walks in because I connect in a, a much different way. Even when my husband and I walk in silence, I find my mind is on him, yes. you know, wondering I what agree. he's, you know, what's going on, thinking about a conversation or something I want to be talking to him about. I'm not right. as present to my environment. So yeah, just, a, it's just yeah. a, a noticing that I've, I've had recently because I've been, you know, doing these daily walks for three years now. Good for you. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and yeah, and it's just, it's just been a different experience. And the other thing I wanted to comment on that you, you were saying about noticing everything around you. Um, when I go for my walk, sometimes I, I've been, like I said, doing these for almost three years and it's pretty much the same walk that I'm doing. Right. Me too. So, me too. Yeah. And yet what I love is how much it changes yes. all the time. And it's not even yes. just this, between the seasons. There's it's daily yes. there's something different. And I've almost made it into a game. I won't say almost, I am, I have made it into a game. So what, what can I discover today that I haven't noticed before? And it's just, it, it gamifies the the walk in a yeah. way. It's yeah, absolutely. To get connected. And that's so interesting. That's actually one of the things that I teach in my programs. I teach people to do to begin because, as I said before, we most of us, if you're not doing this like you do now on a regular basis, if you're not used to that, where we see things because we have to in big chunks. So like you, you miss the details, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't see those little changes. We might notice the seasonal changes, like you said, but we don't, we look out and we see a tree. I'll say to people, so what do you see? Mm, a tree or, you know, <laughs> a few trees. And it's like, okay, but go deeper. You know, what else, what else do you see? What do you, what do you notice about that tree? Oh, it's brown. It's tall. <laughs> You know, but yeah, is it is it really actually brown? Like, look at it. It's it's gray. It's black. It has green stuff growing on it. You know, the more you look, the quieter your mind gets and the more you allow yourself to go deeper and pay attention to those things. Then you begin to notice those little details and it draws you even deeper into a more mindful 
state when you're detail when you're focused on those little minute changes like you said Anita that you can notice from day to day we start with I like to start when people are new to this I start with seasonal changes because they're big and we're used to looking at the you know the big things so so now the tree the leaves are no longer green now they're you know changing colors but the subtle changes that happen from day to day is are really uh, I think so interesting and what I'm so attracted to um, in my own you know, personal practice. Yeah, I get excited when I discover something new that I've, I, I haven't noticed too. before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's been there. That's been there all the time. And I'm just seeing it. And it makes me wonder what else is right in front of me yes. that I just yes. haven't noticed. So it, it gets you present in other ways. So Absolutely, it does. Right. I absolutely think this practice is not it's not something that you do in isolation that just affects you during that time you're walking. The beautiful thing about it is that it does have a knock on effect, a ripple effect for your whole, you know, on all aspects of your life. You become a more mindful person, a more grounded person, a person who can pay attention to those little details, a person who can on demand when needed, get quieter inside. You become more present with the people in your life. You know, you have, you have deeper conversations Mm -hmm. because you're able to get into that quiet space, you know, in your head, in Mm -hmm. your heart be and be more open um so absolutely it affects your entire life yeah so cool so i know right (laughs) so simple simple. it it is so simple it is so simple you somewhere on your site you use the term natural mindfulness and i don't i don't know what you mean exactly by natural mindfulness can you explain that term Yeah, natural mindfulness is a term, I think, actually, my friend Ian Banyard might have coined that. And Ian is a is a natural mindfulness guide and certified me in natural mindfulness. And what Ian means when he refers to it um, is simply mindfulness practiced in the natural world and in connection with the natural world, induced by nature, practiced in nature. Um, Yeah. So it's really just a way of saying we're talking about mindfulness, but we're talking about uh, not the kind that you get when you sit on a cushion, but actually the kind that you oh. practice in the natural world. Yeah. Totally get it. I mean, yeah. do you do you meditate as well? Um, you know, <laughs> gosh, I uh, off and on. Um, yeah. I I have. <laughs> I like the idea of meditation. I think it's such a, a beautiful, calming practice. I love it when I see pictures of people meditating, you know, online. I think oh, that's so beautiful. I bought uh, from a beautiful website. I bought a beautiful meditation cushion that I really, really love. And it's beautiful decoration for my office. <laughs> and it sits on my your dog, couch. <laughs> my dog sits on it. Dog sits on it. <laughs> my, oh, my cat does as well. My cat will sit oh. on it. And we, we laugh. We say, oh, the cat is meditating. The dog is meditating. Alex doesn't meditate all that much. Um, most of my my meditation, my contemplation, and my mindfulness time is actually in the outdoors. But I do occasionally sit on my cushion, especially if it is um, you know inclement outside, mm. and I'm just not inspired to go be outside. I do occasionally um, occasionally do that, but I'm kind I kind of just get antsy. I get itchy and. Mm. 
can't sit still. (laughs) No, I have a hard time sitting still. I can't, my hips are kind of uncomfortable and I have to keep sort of shifting my butt around. And then I get worried that the doorbell is going to ring or I don't know. Dog comes no longer present. Exactly. So (laughs) I find it kind of hard to be, uh, to be present as you need to be, you know, when I, when I'm just sitting like that. So this is sort of my uh, mindful walking practice is sort of my answer to meditation, but they can absolutely, you know, be practiced in conjunction with each other. It's not either, or, you know, and many of the, many of my students and clients who enjoy mindful walking are also great meditators and big fans of that. Do you, do you meditate? Um, A little bit like you. Um, I've had troubles in the past really being still. uh, And I I found that my walking in nature was my form of meditation. However, uh, since I've started doing this uh, daily routine of walking in nature, I have found meditation easier. I Ah, find that I can find that stillness a lot easier than I used to. And I'm just curious if you've had a a similar experience because of all the walking in nature that you do. Well, I definitely know I am calmer inside. I'm quieter inside. I am more mindful in all aspects of my life. I am a better parent. I am a better wife. I am a nicer person overall. Um, uh, And I, I am able to definitely be more contemplative in my life um, and and slow down a little bit when I need to slow my head, you know, and be more present as we talked about for everything that I'm doing, including the people that I'm with. However, I haven't really applied that much to sitting in meditation, to, to doing a, a seated meditation. I, I, you know what? I would say that it has impacted my yoga practice positively because I do do yoga and I am much more able to be present in my body when I'm doing my yoga than I used to be. Yeah. 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 I, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm so curious about uh, something you just said. Uh, basically, you said you you feel like you're a better human being because of your your walking in nature Um, what's the connection how has that time in nature made you a better mother and and person overall yeah um and by the way i totally agree with i feel the same way i'm just curious about yeah no no i want to i need to i need to get quiet for a moment And give some thought to that because it's a deep question. It's a big question. Part of it is definitely the component of becoming more mindful and being able to pay deeper attention. And that applies to paying attention to the things that are external to us, but also paying attention to ourselves internally, right? So, Spending time in nature and being and walking in the natural world helps you connect with the world around you, but also with your own self, with your own spirit. And maybe you would say your your higher self, you know, Um, in my case, I feel like it connects me with the divine. I believe in God and I believe that being in that space and being in a natural setting and being quiet Um, connects me to God as well and connects me to my own divine nature and that that um, that point at which you know my my higher self meets the divine and that has informed my life in positive ways I think when 
um, we are more in touch with the with the bigger, <laughs> the bigger, uh, the bigger spirit, you know, the wider thing, whatever you can call that, if it's universe or higher self or spirit, um, that informs our lives in positive ways and gives us perspective that we often don't have when we are uh, stuck in our smaller self, you know? Uh, and so when I am in that place, I am more able to see the people around me with love, with patience, um, with kindness, with compassion. And actually there, there has been um, research, if you can believe it, on the, the fact that being mindful in nature, mind, mindfully walking increases uh, compassion. Mm. It was, and I don't want to quote this wrong. So if I can find that study, uh, I will share that with you. You can share it with your listeners. But it was conducted, I believe, by some monks. And it was a fairly big study. And, and they tested people's, I'm not sure how they did it, but their level of compassion, you know, prior to being in nature and after being in nature. And it does, you know, make us more compassionate. I'm not sure if that's a if that is a clear enough answer. And I'm not 100% sure that anyone could answer that really effectively because I'm not sure we 100% know. I think you did a a beautiful job of answering that. I loved a lot of what you uh, said and it resonates with me personally and confirms my own experience. When I first started walking in nature, it was not uh, for anything other than to ease my stress because I was massively stressed out and there was just so much anxiety that was happening in here. And my, my business coach actually was the the woman who uh, challenged me to spend uh, a bit of time every day in nature. And I'm, and I've shared this on the show before. I'm just like, what what kind of business coach tells her client to go into, into the woods? For one, for all of my clients. Absolutely. (laughs) Me too now. Me too now because I've learned from experience. Um, So when I, I went into nature, it was to, it was to calm myself down so I could have the clarity to figure out how to move forward with stuff. That was the intention of going into nature. What came from that whole experience in addition to calming my anxiety and finding the clarity I needed to make the decisions to confidently move forward, which is huge in itself. Oh my gosh. Yes. I fell in love with the person I am. Mm. And that has been, and I didn't see it. I didn't even recognize it at the time until probably, probably a couple of years later when I reflected on the woman I've changed into. And it's, it's largely because of getting mindful and having that connection with self, that connection to my higher self, which as you so beautifully expressed is part of the, the, the greater, the, the spirit source, God to me, it's God as well. And having that deepened connection with God, it was also the recognition that in nature, you know, that's, it's so beautiful and it's imperfection. Like it's not, it's not perfect. Yes. And it's so incredibly beautiful. And I started to recognize the the beauty of who I am in my imperfections. So yes. yes. It's pretty amazing. So now because of all of that, like you, I feel compelled and driven to encourage 
people to invest time every day in nature. Yeah. It does so much more than just calm you down so much more. Yes. Yes. And I think it's one of those things where you can hear people talk about it and you can kind of, you know, have a conception of it in your head, but until you are out there and actually experience it. And as you say, experience it regularly, because it took you all a while to kind of get to really get, you know, tap into the real meat of this. And um, you can't really, you don't really get it until you do it. And then once you do it, once you, once you begin to experience these, these benefits in your life and your body and your mind and your spirit, it's like a snowball rolling downhill. You know, you just, you want to do it more. And um, because you know how much that helps you. I love that what you said about recognizing our own imperfection and how nature, the beauty of ourselves in our imperfection, just like in nature. And it's something that I, I point out to people, we tend to be so critical of ourselves. You know, we expect this perfection of ourselves physically, mentally, we, we expect ourselves to be a, a model of who we think we, you know, we have this idea, but you, you know, I tell people you never look at a tree, right. And say that tree is not tall enough. <laughs> right. I mean, you never say that flower is too yellow, right? Like that, that, you know, bush is, is not bushy enough. I mean, you do, you just don't, you, you're just like, there's a bush. It is what it is, right? There's a tree. It is as tall as it is. There is a flower. It is the color that it is. And we, but <laughs> we don't really apply that to ourselves regularly the way we probably should. Like there's an Alex. She is what she is. You know, <laughs> this is how she's showing up today. This is how she looks. This is how she feels. She is who she is, the way she was created. And she is enough, you know, mm -hmm. as, as I am and as you are. Uh, that's another thing I think that helps us to be more compassionate kinder and more loving to others. Because when we embrace that idea, when we really get that, mm -hmm. then it's, it's so much easier to just look at others and see, see their beauty in their imperfection and not be so annoyed, you know, if your husband doesn't load the dishwasher right, or so you just have a little bit more compassion for, you know, everybody in your life. I find it, it's much easier for me to be absolutely. Nice. And I believe that our, ability to love and be compassionate with others etc is limited by our ability to love ourselves okay. so if if we are said another way the more we love ourselves the greater capacity we have to love others right. and be kind to others so it, it always starts with self and being in nature can <laughs> nurture that love yeah. for self Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so that, that leads me to another question I wanted to ask you. How would you recommend for somebody to get started with a mindful walking practice? Well, um, I have some resources on my site. I can some free a free one great thing is I have a little 10 minute one that guides a person through it. Normally, I would not recommend that you when you are learning to be a mindful walker and you want to apply this in your life, as I said before, you don't want to be listening to somebody, right? You don't want to be, it's not that, it's not that kind of thing. You, it's a, it's something you do in your own mind and body, but it can be helpful to have a guide in the beginning, kind of just walk you through it. So I have that resource on my site and we can point to that, but really 
it's so it's I almost feel embarrassed at how simple it is. When I first started talking about this, I thought, are people going to laugh at me because I'm just telling them to go outside and take a walk? Like, is that silly? Because it's so simple and everybody knows how to walk, right? And everybody knows, you know, has some outside space they can walk in. Um, But as we've talked about, it's a simple practice with profound implications and um, potentially profound effects. So to get started, you need an outdoor space of any kind. And this is very important. And I make a big point of this in all of my work in my walk the year program and the things that I do with clients is that I really think it's important that people not feel like they have to travel to do this. We hear about forest bathing and these lovely practices where you go out into nature and you spend a few hours in a beautiful, you know, inspiring setting. And I'm all for that. And I love it. But the fact of the matter is that most of us, number one, we don't have time to do, do that. And a lot of us don't have ready access to that kind of a setting. Right. And so what happens is then people just don't do it because they're like, well, I don't have, you know, I don't have time to travel to the state park near me. And I or I don't have a state park near me or any park. Um, So I'm I'm really big on encouraging people to find a space to stroll or wander right where they are. And so if that is in a suburban setting, like I I live in a neighborhood, if it's even in an urban setting, the evidence is clear. If we can see anything natural, any tree, grass in the sidewalk, bushes, blue sky, clouds, a bird, any of those things actually help Uh, impact our brains in a positive way. So any outdoor space, you need about 10 minutes more if you have it, but 10 minutes is sort of the magical point at which all of these good benefits start to begin to kick in. Lower blood pressure, lower stress, uh, lower cortisol levels, higher endorphins, you know, good things Good things go up, bad things go down at about the 10 minute uh, mark. And then you just want to walk, take your earbuds out and be quiet and stroll and look around. And if it's new to you, you probably at about five minutes or so, you're going to start to get a little bored. And that's okay, (laughs) because that is the point at which, you know, your brain is, is going, what, what is going on here? I'm not being stimulated. I'm not listening to anything. I'm not looking at anything like what? Well, okay. That is the point at which you, you begin to, you let your brain look at stuff around you. And there's an actual term for this called soft fascination. I love this idea. Soft fascination is what happens when we are in nature and we allow ourselves to begin to pay attention to the things that are in nature. And they are our brains. I mean, surprise, surprise, our brains are actually wired to be fascinated by the things in nature to tune in to things like birdsong and the feel of the breeze and the, the, the light coming through the trees. We actually, our brains like that. And if you take half a minute to get away from your screen, off your phone, take out the earbuds, you can actually begin to feel that. 
uh, that your brain is like, ooh, you know, and it um, it's a it's a it's an actual effect that happens. This soft fascination and it's things that are I mean, they call them soft, you know, like bird sound and the feel of the breeze and the the, the look of the trees and the dappled sunlight and the, they're soft kind of because they don't require a lot of brain power. But at the same time, we are also drawn to them. We're also fascinated by them. So that's the difference between, say, walking in circles in an empty room and being in the outdoors where your brain actually can get the stimulation that it craves, but in a softer way. And this is actually a, a wonderful um, antidote to attention fatigue, which is something that most of us in the modern world are suffering from to some degree because our attention is so often pulled in, mm-hmm. you know, a zillion different directions. So, yeah. So you get out there, you walk and um, you allow yourself to be softly fascinated. Yeah. Beautiful. I've never heard that term um, soft fascination before and it makes sense. I, I, I like, I like that. I'm probably going to adopt that, <laughs> that description. Very cool. What I tell my clients to do and what I lead when I do my my retreats, which includes a silent walking meditation through the forest, I ask my clients to get really present in the moment by using all of their senses, by by being very, just noticing and aware, uh, aware of everything to the point where you know break off a piece of pine needle, smush it in your hands, and 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 absorb that fragrance for me that just drops me in my body instantly when I I have that strong sense of smell and to feel the breeze on your skin or the warmth of the sun and how many different bird sounds can you pick up and and stop and just touch the tree and feel the the bark or the moss on the tree and all these using all of our senses which I guess is part of that soft fascination to get grounded and present so interesting I love it I love we're doing so, the same work and using different yes things. yes exactly which is why you were such a perfect fit for the symposium I'm so yeah. glad yeah. awesome yeah. so what do you recommend when the weather is not so great to get out for a walk I know here like I live on the west coast and sometimes it's like torrential rain yeah. that's coming down yeah. I have to really I have to really work to push myself out the door, but what do you recommend? Well, I recommend sucking it up. That's yeah, my number suck one. it up buttercup and get your butt That's up my door. number one recommendation, honestly, because I, okay, I've lived in South Dakota, friends, and uh, it gets pretty flipping cold there. And uh, I, so I know what inclement weather is. Okay. I know what um, really bitter cold is. I live in North Carolina now, so I know what really freaking hot is. Um, and okay. That said, I mean, I'm being a little tongue in cheek. Uh, most of the time, most conditions are definitely walkable for at least 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tell people because, because, and you've, I'm sure, experienced this when it is, for instance, raining a little bit, okay, not necessarily a torrential downpour, but when it is raining a little, 
you see things that you would not normally see, right? You notice things. The air smells different. You have that petrichor smell. There's there's different smells. There are different sights. There are different things to notice. So the world changes in beautiful ways. And because 93% of our lives now are spent indoors, that's an EPA figure, um, including childhood. So most of us spend more time outside in childhood, right? But but for your whole life, about 93% is spent indoors. We are missing these things so often because, because we only want to go out when it's just, you know, between 75 and 80 degrees or 70 and 80 degrees and it's just, you know, sunny. Uh, so I would encourage you to to not think in terms of the weather is not conducive to walking, but think, how can I make it comfortable and possible for me to still walk today? Do I need an umbrella? Do I need a pair of rain boots? Do I need a thicker coat? <laughs> Do I need, you know, a hat and a scarf, a pair of, a pair of mittens? These are very, very small, simple adjustments that we can make to encourage increase our comfort so that we are able to actually get out there. And, and, the, and as I said about the rain, the same is true with snow. Oh my goodness. Walking outside when it is snowing is absolutely magical, right? So I don't want anybody, now look, I'm not advocating that you go out in a blizzard, right? And get lost <laughs> in a snowstorm for heaven's sakes. Like don't be silly and, and don't do dangerous things. But if it is possible to get out there, if it's snowing lightly and you can just take a lap around your house, mm-hmm. you're going to see things that you would ordinarily miss. And it's magical. Five minutes out there and you come back and you're like, whoa, that that was cool, you know, and something I would have missed had I not pushed myself a little bit. Absolutely. Um, now, do you, obviously walking is, is brilliant. There's so many benefits in the physical act of walking. What about just sitting on your deck and taking oh, yes. your environment or if it's like really miserable, taking 10 minutes and sitting by a window and, and absorbing. I, that's exactly what I was. Yep. Yeah, right. Yep. You get, you beat me to it, but yes, okay, that's exactly. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. That um, sitting by a window, we know that even just looking out a window has beneficial effects. There was a, a study about surgery patients a few years back that showed that the patients who recovered in rooms that had a view were got out of the hospital couple of days sooner than the people who recovered in rooms that had a view of a wall. We know that looking outside has beneficial effects. Looking at a picture of, of a landscape actually is calming to the mind. But you can do things like, yes, sit on your deck, sit on your patio, um, sit under an umbrella, uh, commune with a houseplant, okay? I have houseplants all around me. And plant just looking, gazing at your plant for a few minutes, petting your cat or dog. All of these things are connecting you, connected to nature, connecting you to other living things um, without your having to go outside. And they all can have beneficial effects on your brain and your body. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. 
One of the things that I just to add to all of what you're saying, when the weather is really crappy, like when we get that torrential downpour here, and I I still force myself out the door because I know I'm going to love it. And not only do I actually love it, I feel accomplished. Yes, yes, I know it's a silly thing, (laughs) but I feel like woohoo! Look at me getting out. Yes, totally. And a little pat on the back for you know committing to time for myself. So, right. So yep. Good for you. Good for you, girl. That is that is awesome. And you're absolutely right about that. You're like, I did it. Everybody else was sitting inside, but I went out. To I somehow yeah. feel more special because I'm exactly that's right. Anything we can do to make ourselves feel a little special. <laughs> totally. because that's an added benefit, right? Totally. Exactly. All right. My last question for you. Uh, you talk about how um, mindful nature connection is a catalyst for environmental change. And I'd like you to explain that a little bit. Well, when we are connected to something, we are more inclined to love it, Mm. to protect it, Mm. to care about it, right? So this whole process that we're talking about, this going out and walking in the natural world, makes us feel more connected to nature. That's the whole point because the connection is where that those benefits come from, right? So the more time that we can spend being connected to the natural world, experiencing that soft fascination, paying attention to the trees and the bushes and the nature around us, and the we our our love for that nature and for the planet as a whole increases it it grows and we begin to see the world in a different way and see it as a living organism almost that needs um that needs protection and that needs love and that needs to be cherished and cared for. And so what I often find is that not only does this practice lead to people taking better care of themselves, drinking more water, eating better, you know, doing all these little, it can be a catalyst for caring for ourselves more, but it can also be a catalyst for things like maybe you're inspired to plant a tree, you know, maybe you're inspired to start composting. Um, Maybe you you see, you know, a need in the, in the nature around you in the, in you see that this bush that's been neglected for a while could use a little trim up, you know, and we just begin to sort of feel a little more connected to the natural world in a way that we don't necessarily when we're inside all the time. And so I, I do think that being in nature and, and feeling that connection more regularly helps us to appreciate uh, the planet, uh, appreciate our mother earth in ways that we, we really can't uh, mm. otherwise. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Alex, thank you so much for your insights. It was, this was fun. It was just great oh for my me gosh, to connect yes. with somebody that just shares. You get it. You don't yeah. get it. And also giving me some other ways and perspectives uh, to to look about, look at and talk about nature with my clients. So I I appreciate all all that you brought to the table. If somebody wanted to reach out and connect with you directly, what's the best way for them to do that? The mindfulwalker.com, the mindfulwalker.com. Everything I'm doing, everything I'm up to, everything I offer for free, for paid, the symposium included, everything is always on uh, that website. I don't use social media. So 
that's it. That's where you, that's where you find me. We'll find you. Okay, great. And we'll make sure we include that link obviously in the show notes. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been such a a joy having you on the show and getting to connect with you. And, and I think this is probably uh, not the end to our, our connection and our collaboration. I'm, I know we're going to be doing things together again, which is really exciting and joyful journeyer. I hope you enjoyed this show i hope you will be inspired to get outside and invest some time with yourself in nature to really fall in love with the environment that surrounds you and in the process fall in love with yourself and and help us protect this beautiful natural environment that we that we live in so we will catch you next time bye for now bye-bye thank you for joining me on the joyful journey podcast If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.